0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Wren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 156 with my guest, Colleen Searcy. Colleen enjoys cheering on her two teenage college sons and her husband, Wes, as he mobilizes students to help plant churches around the world. Colleen is a Bible reader, studier, teacher, and speaker. You will hear in this episode what changed her formulaic thinking She shares about the presence of God, submission to God in the heartache of waiting, and the peace of punching pause. I loved when she said that. Colleen gives us the inside scoop of how to study our Bible on our own, and she shares practical questions to ask ourselves after reading the Bible. And she also gives us encouragement to jump in right where we are with our children. To hear from Colleen is a breath of fresh air. This is a wonderful episode to start out the new year 2021. Let's listen in. Well, hello, Colleen. Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. Hi, Wren. It's really fun to be here with you today. I'm so excited because we got to meet in person a couple years ago when you were at the Story and Soul Weekend with my friend, Caroline Saunders. Yes, that was a really fun conference to be a part of. I loved it. It was great. It was so good. And you were so clear in your speaking and sharing with us the whole story of the Bible. And I was like, I've got to have her on the podcast. It was just delayed a couple of years. <laughs> hey, all in due time. That's <laughs> right.
1: Excited. It's,
0: ex- it's exactly when we needed to talk. So, um, But I'm so excited to have you because right now I'm doing a series on learning how to study the Bible. And I you were one of the first that came to mind when I started thinking about this, of 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 doing this series and really having you on because of your study and your teaching of the word and so I'm so excited to have you and I want you to share with us a little bit about yourself and your family.
1: Okay, well I have um, the privilege of raising two boys and so uh, they're bigger now they're young adult men I have a 20 year old and a 16 year old and um, that is. Super, super fun. My husband works for a missions organization. He mobilizes students, um, both high school and college, to plant churches overseas. Um, so I love what he does. I love cheering him on. And ran bottom line, I love to teach. I I just I just love to learn things and I love to help other people learn things. <laughs> that, mm. That's my passion. Um, so I've taught in the classroom, I've taught the Bible in just about every context, I think you can teach it in, whether it's in my living room or with a handful of students or um, from a stage. And so I just, that really is, by, uh, I think the most important things about me, the things I love the most.
0: That's great. Because you can tell when you're listening, when you are at Story, Story and Soul, I could really hear the passion before behind your voice. And so I want to go back a little bit. I read a little bit of your story, how you are very structured in the way, like if you are cooking a recipe, you're like, okay, here are the ingredients. Here's the temperature. Here's how long I need to bake it. I like everything, you know, A plus B equals C.
1: Very much so, yep. I just have a tendency towards formulaic thinking for sure.
0: And so you had two different I guess, formulas that you had constructed in your mind, not intentionally, but you said, you know, if you do the right things, if you believe the Bible, then that equals a good life without struggles. How has that mentality changed for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so
1: really, I would say late 20s, early 30s in my life, Um just really big challenges instead of kind of one happening here and one happening here. Um, life just took on layers of difficulty that I just hadn't experienced before. Um, and things I couldn't explain. So for instance, we were told when I was in my late twenties that we would not be able to have children. I was devastated by that. Um, Our very dear friend and pastor and mentor, he was 46 years old, planting churches all over the Denver area. Um, He is the one who really, um, the Lord used to inspire Wes to become a church planter. In the prime of his life, he was killed in a car accident and um, that really rattled us also. I have a dear friend who has been chronically ill now for about 17 years um, and a lot of pain. And here, these are people um, who I would look to and go, she has a strong faith, he has a strong faith, he delights in serving the Lord. And so I kinda had this crisis of belief, Ren, that I was like, wait, um, I thought if we obeyed God and we trusted Him, we delighted in Him, that um, we get the desires of our hearts. And so Psalm 37, 4, so I really did kind of have this crisis of belief and an awareness, like either... Either I'm misinterpreting the Bible or not really understanding it, or some of the things in it are not true. And of course it's true. It is God's word, Um, it is truth. And so it really rattled that formulaic thinking. And as hard as that was, I'm really glad that the Lord did that in my late 20s and early 30s, got my attention. (laughs) This isn't about you and you having a struggle-free life. And yes, you do, Colleen. Um, You really have misinterpreted um, some of those scriptures in the word that delighting in me and trusting in me does not mean a struggle-free life.
0: Mm, I think that shows God's grace in your life to show you at a younger age, especially when you were wanting to have children and, and that was something that you walked through. God bless you with two. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So man, we had such a, uh, interesting story. There's a lot of a, th- a kind of a theme in my life and, and I've been around a lot of women, talked to a lot of women in a lot of different contexts. And this happens to be a theme in many women's lives and it is waiting learning how to wait. And so um, Wes and I were married eight years um, before we uh, had Sam. And so there was a lot of waiting in that. There was about three years of really wanting to have a child and um, a lot of doctor's appointments, <laughs> all the things. And um, uh, the Lord did in His, uh, you know, he chose to give us a kiddo and, um, my pregnancy was really scary. The whole pregnancy, um, his birth was really scary. Um, and so it was just, uh, it was just a multi-layered challenge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, about two years after we had had Sam, we were real hopeful to go ahead and have another kiddo because, you know, we it felt like we waited so long to be parents and then we kind of went through the same thing again, just years of doctor's appointments and all that. And so, yes, the Lord did, um, give us two children and we are, we're still ecstatic. I mean, one's 20 and one's 16 and we're still not over it over that. Um, but man, I have a really tender spot for women, um, who shoulder infertility. It is, it is a, a, a weight and a heartache, uh, that, that it just, I just have a real tender spot for them. And so that's one of the sweet things that the Lord, um, did in that challenge
0: and in that waiting. Mm -hmm. Well, I love how you mentioned waiting and how that has been a theme. And I think, you know, there's women out there that have struggled like infertility like myself and, um, and maybe gone through a miscarriage, like a friend of mine or, um, is, you know, they're waiting for something else to happen. Tell me how did you go through that? Like a practical way that you walk through that waiting, uh, for children specifically.
1: Yeah. So there were stages of the waiting where the beginning stages and well, and the middle stage was just continuing to cry out to the Lord to grant me my desire. And I don't think that was wrong or, a wrong stage to go through um but really where it ended was me truly i remember i will never forget this day i was on my face on my floor in my living room and i just said you know what god you actually you're i'm not promised i'm not you did not promise me in particular sons or daughters, you promised your presence and you promised you would always be a present help when I, when, um, a a, a timely help it, right. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. did promise that you promised me unconditional love. Um, you told me not to worry. So I actually lay down this desire and I'm going to trust you with what you choose, whether you choose um, for me to have spiritual offspring only or to have physical offspring, you will use me to be fruitful and multiply. But I, I, I like it was a submission thing for me and just a resolve, I guess, a resolve to be obedient, to follow Jesus, even if He withheld things I deeply desire, trusting Him even in the withholding. And he had, I, I, that's kind of the place that I got, had to get to, and then ran like all these stories in the Bible just exploded for me looking going, that is so many people's stories in the Bible that trusting the Lord, even in the withholding, you know, look at Sarah, um, I think about Moses being, um, God spoke to Moses in the burning bush when he was 80, (laughs) you know, um. Joseph had a dream that he was going to be in a place of authority and he was going to rule over his brothers. He had that dream way before he actually had a place of authority. And in fact, he was in prison and in a pit before he got there. And so that was kind of that journey of waiting and getting to a place of, I am a follower. I'm a follower of Christ. And he gets to decide what that means and looks like, you know, he, I don't get to decide all the elements of my life and then follow him. I really trust him with all of it.
0: Mm, And that's the Christian life. I mean, really, that's what it's all about is the trusting and not, you know, categorizing our life and what we want. It's, it's just submission, submitting to him. That's beautiful. Okay. So let's talk, take a little step further with waiting. So there have been things that you've been waiting for. And back when you were like early thirties and then, um, something that you've been having on your heart for years and the Lord has just had you in this time of waiting, not a bad thing at all because of that. You were able to be at home and raise your boys and all the things. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about that aspect of waiting of something that you've desired to do. And God has, uh, been taking you on that journey of waiting.
1: Yeah, that's another great question. So I did deeply desire to be a mom. And um, like many moms, motherhood was a little harder, (laughs) a little harder than I anticipated. Still just loved the privilege, loved the blessing of it, wanted to do it well. And yet, like all women, we have, we have, um, gifts and we have um, desires and we want to make an impact. We want to push back darkness right in whatever way the Lord has um, wired us or called us to. And so I've always had this deep desire just to um, teach the Bible to women and um, and to disciple women. Um, and motherhood was on a different, God had a different timetable than I did for motherhood. And so um, I was still in the thick of that in my early forties and late thirties. And um, I felt behind, if that makes sense. Like I was watching my friends that were my age and younger um, publishing books um, uh, on the speaker circuit, you know, just all the things. And I felt behind. So that was just another another layer of, of waiting for me is, and here's the thing, I kept coming before the Lord because there are women who do both really, really well. They can mother really well and have layers and layers of responsibility. I am more of a focused, methodical, and I knew that uh, my attention um, needed to be one place. And, um, so I felt like that was waiting too. is just kind of just going, I'm going to put, I'm going to be all in with, with, with parenting. I ended up going back to the classroom and teaching in the classroom so that one of my kiddos could go to a private school. And that's the way we, um, covered the cost of the private school. And so kind of punch and pause on teaching the Bible again. um, Um, I I had the privilege of being on a teaching team with Jen Wilkin at the village. And so it was a super, super exciting time of life. And um, that was kind of speaking opportunities were taking off. And that's when my kiddo came to me and said, mom, I really think I, I need to go to a private school for a few years. And, um, So to make the hard pivot of, you know, I, we prayed through that, talked through that and we, we felt like that was the right thing to do. I had to punch pause on teaching the Bible, go back and teach in the classroom to cover the cost of his education and, um, and just choosing to go, you know what, God, in your eyes, I'm not behind, um, I'm going to run my race, try to keep, I love Bob Goff says, keep your eyes on your own paper. You know, uh, it's so easy to look to your right and to your left and feel behind, especially now with social media and all the things, but to just go in God's eyes, I'm not behind. I'm I'm, a, I'm following him in the way that he's asking me to follow him.
0: I love how you went back to that, where you said that's what we're called to do is to follow him and to be focused in that. And I love that. Okay, so now that you are starting to teach the Bible again, and your son is a little bit older and more self-reliant so that you can be focused on teaching the Bible to women and speaking, tell us, share with us, give us the inside scoop on how we as moms, as moms that are where you are, where we have high schoolers, or moms that are where you were a few years ago with elementary age, tell us how we can practically study the Bible that is meaningful and impactful and really getting serious about studying the word.
1: I am a big believer in practicing, studying the word on your own or, or maybe alongside a few other people. Um, you know, when I was in my early twenties, is when all the DVD-driven Bible studies started surfacing, and I am so thankful for them. They are effective, um, and so I'm not saying don't use them. I'm saying if that's all you've ever done, I, I I would really encourage you to learn how to open the Bible, just you and a pen and a journal, um, and just begin reading reading the Bible. Um, I would say. Man, just being real vulnerable. When my kids were were little, like toddlers and babies, if I set my alarm for 6.30, they woke up at 6.15. You know, if I set my alarm for 6 the next morning to spend time in the Word, they got up at 5.30. It is a really difficult season of life to, to be consistent and to have 30 to 45 minutes of focus on the Word. And I think we need it and, and crave it. Um because it's such a demanding season of life, but it's just really challenging, and so I would want to say to moms of of little kids, he really does gently lead those with young. And so um if, if you're if you have a bent like me and you're more methodical and focused and a great day for you means you've checked off your list and you've gotten a lot done. You know, there's a lot of us that have that bent. I would say to that, mom. Give yourself a lot of grace, um, and just do what you can do. Get up in the morning, or 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 carve out and and um, and protect their nap time to have thirty minutes of time in the word, whichever one works the most or works the best in your season. And if something weird happens and you don't get to do that that day. Just give yourself a lot of grace um, for that. But for the mom that's real spontaneous, that deeply values freedom, that a great day for you is I've gone where the wind takes me, and there were lots of surprise. For that woman, I would say um, don't value spontaneity over diligence to be in the word with the Lord. Um, so, so have fun being spontaneous, but carve out that time to go, I need. To spend time with with Jesus. One of my favorite quotes is, um, "Attention is the beginning of devotion." And so, if we're going to be devoted followers of Christ, we do need to give Him and His Word our attention. Um, so I, I I talk to both personalities because if I say one statement, it can be misheard. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> um, but my favorite way to just begin studying the Bible, what I would share um, and what is, is just that observation, interpretation, application, those three steps, observe the scriptures, interpret them, and apply them, and I'll unpack that a little bit more practically. Some people call it CIA, comprehension, interpretation, application. I love the word observe because of what it means. Um, observe means to pay close attention to detail and so I like I love that word. So I would start small. I would start with um, I would pick a book to walk through, and just uh, maybe like start with John and just go through the Gospels, or start with a letter of Paul, like Colossians, something that doesn't feel overwhelming, and maybe just read Colossians chapter one. And and the and one day one whole day can just be observing. Um, my favorite way to observe the scriptures is to write a summary of it and force yourself to keep your summary to three to five sentences. Um, If you can summarize simply, um, that takes a lot of mental energy to be able to say this in three sentences and simply. And so that's going to help you remember and observe the text. And then just look look for detail. Who's the text about and where are they? Like I would just start with that. That can be time spent in the word. Then the next day, read the same passage um, to interpret it. What does this mean? And just write down questions you have about the text. Write down, um, man, here's what I think's going on here. And that's, that's, inter- that's what interpretation is. What does the passage mean? And then the next day, apply it. Um, how does this need to impact my life? Is there a command to obey? Is there a warning to heed? Is there a blessing to receive? And then the, what I always uh, tell women, if they don't have time to do anything else, read the scriptures and ask two questions. What do I learn about God here? What do I learn about people? Those, like that, because really the ultimate goal of Bible study is, is, is to get to know God better and to love him more and then go love the people that he made, right? So if it is an intense season for you, read that passage of scripture. And what do I learn about God here? Man, he is faithful or he's attentive to his children. Um, and what do I learn about people? Um, write that down and then go love the people that he made, whether that's your itty bitty kiddos, um, or the students in your classroom or your coworkers, I, I would start there.
0: And I, I think when I started a few years ago, looking at a passage and asking myself those questions, uh, or especially starting with that, like, what does this passage tell me about God? It totally transformed how I viewed the Bible. Would you say that?
1: I think it really does. When you, if the starting place is, what do I learn about God's character, rather than, how's this going to help me today? Like, we all need help. Like, God delights in giving us help but if we start with god's care how big he is and how like it reframes the way you read it and it reframes your it reorients you right it reorients oh yeah i'm a part of the kingdom i i've already been i mean i'm already a part of a family i already have an identity and it reorients you to okay god you are good and worthy and Yeah, to start there reframes
0: the way you read the scriptures and the way you go live it out. Yeah, and I'm thinking about that scripture that says um, that um, it's it's for training in righteousness. It is for rebuke and for reproof and for correction. But the first, the place where we start with is is what does this say about God and His character? And I love how you said the next question. I've never heard it put that way. Say that again
1: about the people? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. So you want to start with what do I learn about God? And then what do I learn about people? And kind of a mantra uh, for uh, the Bible study that I laid at my church, and they can repeat this for you, is the ultimate goal of Bible study is to know and love God and to love the people he made. And so both of those elements or components are really important because, again, depending on our bent, some of us can get—we love to study, and the Bible study can become more about answering questions and gathering more information. That's important, but we don't want it to only be about that. We want it's supposed to impact our lives, and we go image the God we just studied. I want to go image Him today, and so. And we want to learn first and foremost about God and his character. And then we want to go, what did this teach me about people? And you will find that as you study God, your compassion for people, man, it'll, it'll explode as as you study the scriptures. You'll have compassion for them. You'll want to go image his gentleness, his
0: justice. You will, Well, and that's a word for us as when we have elementary school kids or younger kids or even older kids, it's that um, it's the reflecting of God. And after we know and continually know the character of God of reflecting, we were talking with my seven-year-old the other day about how the moon reflects the sun. And that's what we're called to do as believers is reflect the sun. And um, so, wow, that's such good such good advice and practical so if you were to say to one woman who was where you were maybe a few years ago when you were waiting and you knew that you were called to be at home with your kids and then to teach so that your son could go to the school that you were teaching at what would you say to a woman right there that is being told to just wait to wait whatever it is if it's waiting for Um, to be blessed with a child or waiting for an adoption or waiting for circumstances to be different and there's no end in sight, what would you say to her?
1: I would say to her 10, 15 years from now, you will be so glad that you trusted God and the unfolding of it. Like as hard and painful as waiting can be, because when we're talking about waiting for a child or waiting for an adoption or, um, gosh, I have such dear, close, single friends um, who have been waiting a long time in hope of getting married. Um, We're we're talking about really, really tender desires, right? And so I would say to her, first of all, I want to honor (laughs) the heartache and the waiting. Um, and I want to tell you 10 to 15 years from now, like I don't look back and go, man, I, I, I wish, I wish things would have sped up. I really missed a lot of opportunities. You know what? He, I know he, he is just faithful. You really, really can trust God's timing. Um, and I would say, try to enjoy the unfolding of it. And just let it unfold the way God... I, I don't know. I look at, I look at Bibles, again, Bible stories, these stories that we know really well, Moses and Abraham, and, and they weren't applying for the job of, of prophet or <laughs> lawgiver or, you know, Paul did not apply for the job of apostle. Like God, God in his timing gave them a job to do. Here's what I want you to go do. Now trust me in it. And you know, um, I think of Jesus, like Matthew chapter three. Matthew chapter three begins with these three words that are just amazing in those days. It jumps from Matthew chapter two when Jesus is a toddler and the wise men come to see him to end those days and Jesus is going to get baptized as as a 30-year-old adult. Like a lot of Jesus's life was spent in ordinary mundane ways. Jesus got up and went to work and he, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not a lot written about his life between in his childhood or in his teenage years. And, And so even he modeled for us how important faithfulness in ordinary days are. And then his ministry just exploded when it was the right time. And so Jesus modeled that for us too. So I would want to say that to the mama who is waiting and feels like she's maybe put a dream on pause or, um, or she feels like God is putting a dream on pause. He's, he's, he's withholding something, even in his withholding, he has your best in mind. And if you knew what he knew, you would want what he wants even in the pain. And I would say to her, I hope, grab a close friend that will let you process through the hardship of it now, but a friend that will also go, and yet God's sovereign, and yet he is good to us. So even in this hardship, he's being good, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, That's wonderful. Such good advice, such good truth in that. Um, and I think that you really encourage women today in that. I know you encouraged me for sure. So, what is next for Colleen Cersei? I want to know.
1: I'm in, I'm nosy. <laughs> no, thank you for asking. So, uh, right now, because uh, so here, here's what I have found, ran over the past few years, um, speaking and teaching, and probably about seven, eight years of doing that, I have found that a lot of women do Bible studies and yet like we're talking about a lot of women don't feel confident in opening their Bibles and reading it on their own. And so that is a problem i have wanted to solve. I want to help give women courage to read their Bibles on their own and I'm real practical and so rather than saying hey go read your Bibles on your own I want to give them a method and so I am in the very beginning stages right now of publishing a Bible study framework um, that has open-ended observation questions open-ended interpretation questions and open-ended application questions to help women have enough structure to begin to read and explore the Bible um, on their own and give them enough tools to where if they wanted to um, begin a Bible study at lunch in their workplace or um, in their home, in their neighborhood, I wanna give them enough tools to be able to lead that and feel confident and have the courage to do that, have a starting place. So that is my big project right now is moving that forward. Um, And yes, I am, getting to have some opportunities to, to speak and teach um bible study at my church but also um in some conferences and things like that. I don't know if y'all know about Proclaim Truth. That's a conference coming up in the Dallas area um that I'm gonna get to be a part of this January. So yeah, those are the things I'm working on right now. That's great. And where can we find you? Oh that's a good question. So Ren, I just you talk about being late to the game <laughs> last week. <laughs> Last week, I started an Instagram and, uh, started posting and I entered the world of social media, um, last week. And so, um, I also have a website calling Searcy.com. Um, just if you wanted to get to know a little bit more about me and, um, but yes, I I actually can find me on Facebook and
0: Instagram now as of last week. (laughs) Yay! Okay. We'll go find you on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's fun. There's a lot of, connections there for sure it is and I'll put all that in the show notes too okay so we only have like two more minutes can okay. I ask you my eat read love segment it's what are you eating what are you reading and what are you loving oh like read like eat like snack and then read and love so
1: I love food why like, do I love it it gives me so much joy so the question would be what are you not eating <laughs> I love food and cooking. And so I will just say most recently, um, so my, my, my son in college had to quarantine this week, but he is doing well. But in honor of him being home, we had steak and baked sweet potatoes and Caesar salad and pecan pie. I have a pecan tree in my yard. So they're actually pecans from my yard. And it, I'm just saying, it <laughs> sounds awesome. It was a really, it was just fun having all the, the four around the table and eating good food. What am I reading? Um, right now I'm reading two really different books, a book called Advent by Fleming Rutledge. I'm real curious to just, I didn't grow up in a liturgical church setting. And so I'm super I want to learn more about Advent. I love the book. is so interesting. And Union with Christ is another book I'm reading right now. And it's fabulous. I highly recommend that to you. So eating, reading, and loving. What am I loving right now? Um, I have a little bit more margin right now in my life due to a big shift in circumstances. And right now I am loving slow mornings. I've never really had that um, life has been intense for a really long time. And, um, so my slow mornings to just sit and sip coffee and stare out the window and enjoy God. I am loving that. I'm, I'm loving that.
0: Yeah. Mm, that sounds good.
1: Young mamas at that time is coming.
0: <laughs> yes. Right.
1: And so, okay, one more thing. I know it's probably not what you want to say, but another way I would encourage young moms is to remember that our kids are our neighbors. You know how Jesus tells us the greatest commandments are to love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Just to encourage you to embrace the next 10 years or however many years you have with those kiddos. Parenting is hard, but it doesn't last forever. There is a time when it it doesn't end but it really shifts so i would just encourage them just just jump in just jump in see those little kiddos as your neighbors too um it passes re- it's, it's their slow days but man it really does go by fast so just embrace it just
0: all in <laughs> i love it that's great thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for sharing parts of your story and for helping us to see scripture and what we can learn about God and to draw us near and close to him. So thank you so much, Colleen.
1: I loved it. Thank you for inviting
0: me. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Colleen Searcy. You can find her at ColleenSearcy.com. And all of her links, including her Facebook page and her Instagram account will be in the show notes at renrobins.com slash podcast. I would love for you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And if you have a couple extra minutes to leave us a one or two line review, that would be so helpful. Okay, that's going to be it for today, but thanks again for listening. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.